What's happening, world? This is your host, Benji Wozniak. And today we're going to be going over some stuff I wrote a while back about religion. So I'm going to start out with the little poems I've written. Uh, the first one's called Bartimaeus, and it goes like this. As Jesus and his disciples left the city, a blind man sat on the roadside seeking pity. He heard the crowd calling Jesus' name, and that it was from Nazareth that which he came. This was the man who needed to hear his plea. So he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd rebuked him and told him to stop. But the sound of his voice did not drop. He could recognize things from touch and smell. Yet what they looked like, he could not tell. He desperately wanted to see the colors of a tree. So he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He heard the crowd tell him to draw near. Then he threw his cloak aside and approached without fear. Jesus asked, what is it you want me to do? This question was truly too good to be true. He knew Jesus would give him the ability to see. So he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This next one is called First Light. And it goes, as the sun shone down on me hot and bright, I remembered that it was God who said, let there be light. I marveled at his power and his might, because only God could say, let there be light. And there was light. I imagined how it would be to have his sight. What you might have been thinking when God saw the light. Then I looked all around me and understood when it says in the Bible, God saw the light and that it was good. He did not realize that something wasn't quite right. So he made an adjustment and God divided the darkness from the light. I now look at each day in a different way because in the beginning, it was God who called the light day. In the darkness, when I'm filled with fright, I overcome my fear because it was God who called the darkness night. Many of you know the story of Geshmain. But I'm going to do it in my poetic verse. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Geshmane, a garden across the Gidron Valley, where he and his disciples often came. He said to them, sit here while I pray. And he sadly walked away. He took Peter and the two sons of Zabed, James and John, along. He was hoping for him they could be strong. He began to be sorrowful and troubled. It seemed as if the sins of the world suddenly doubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death and it appeared to pain him even to take a breath. Yet he somehow continued with his plea, saying, Stay here and watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face, overcome by the sins of the whole human race. Even though his sacrifice was already faded, he could not bear the thought that he and his father would be separated. An angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. For the heavenly host understood that being separated from God was truly grim. His sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground, and from his body came a sobbing sound. On his face he humbly stayed, and in anguish he earnestly prayed. The heavens and earth stood still when he said, Father, if it possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. He rose exhausted from his weeping. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, couldn't you men keep watch for me for an hour? Yet he knew this sleep was induced by Satan's power. So he tried to stress how important this was as he began to speak. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. He hoped they could do this for him as he walked away, once again falling on his face to pray. For a second time, the heavens and earth stood still when he said, My father, if it possible, may this cup be taken for me, yet not as I will, but as you will. It was truly hard for him to believe he was about to be separated from the one whose love never leaves. His disciples were sleeping again upon his return. Sadly, he realized that his disciples still had so much to learn. To die for them is why he came, and they themselves would greatly suffer in his name. So he left them to go to pray once more, praying exactly what he had before. For a third time, the heavens and earth stood still when he said, My father, if it possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Now we go into a poem called The Denial. Jesus was led away without resistance, while Peter watched and followed at a distance. To the house of the high priest they went, 
for it was from him the soldiers were sent. Peter was sitting in the courtyard by the fire. He knew that the situation Jesus was in was dire. A servant girl was slowly walking by, and when she saw Peter, she stopped and cried, You also are with Jesus of Galilee. Peter realized it would do him no good to flee, so he denied his accusation with a shout, I do not know what you're talking about. He rose from the fire and walked away. Then he went outside to stand by the gateway. Another servant girl, who was making sure everyone was fed, saw Peter standing there and said, This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. Peter was certain that the wrong answer would be certain death. So he denied Jesus, saying as fast as he can, I do not know the man. Many in the crowd looked over at Peter and attested, You're the one who was with him in the garden when he was arrested. Peter answered them without even a thought, stating, I am not. Immediately a roaster crowed. Then it was as if time slowed. Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken, words he felt could easily be broken. Before the roaster crows, you will disown me three times. Jesus had correctly predicted Peter's crime. He betrayed the Lord. He swore to love passionately. Now he went outside and wept bitterly. So let me tell you a little bit about what I believe. I was asked my opinion on God letting children die and innocent people die. And here's the thing I look at. I used to be a cook and I took pride in what I made. I did the best I could to make it perfect. When I put it in the window to be served, I couldn't control what happened to it. You know, the waitress could have dropped it. Uh, the customer might not have liked it. The thing is, when it left my hands, I really couldn't control what happened to it. And uh, I had other things I had to make, other dishes that had to be prepared. If I stopped what I was doing to go out and make sure that one plate, never, nothing ever happened to it, then nothing else would ever get done. So I'm positive God loves each and every one of his creations, but it's unrealistic to believe that he would intervene on the behalf of each and every one of his creations. I'm sorry, that's how I think. I was also asked why I believe there's a God if there's no physical proof to show that there is a God. And here's my thing. I look at a computer and how much intricate work is put into it. And that's done by humans, by man's mind. Then I look outside and look at all the intricate parts that create the world, all the greens and the browns and just the different animals and everything combined. There has to be some kind of greater power that created that. I may not be able to see electricity flowing through an electrical outlet, but that doesn't mean I don't know it's there. Just because I can't see God doesn't mean he's not there. Now I'm going to do a poem about the crucifixion. Darkness came over the whole land at about noon. The life of Jesus would be ending soon. The Roman soldiers laughed and joked at his torment as they cast lots to see who would receive his garment. All the predictions of the prophets were coming true. Jesus could only say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. One of the two criminals crucified with him joined in Jesus' scorn and ridicule. The other criminal thief rebuked his friend and called him a fool. He knew his chances of entering heaven were slim, so he asked Jesus when he entered his kingdom to remember him. At this request, Jesus didn't even think twice. Jesus simply answered, Truly, I tell you, today you will be in paradise. Looking down, Jesus noticed his mother on her knees sadly weeping. He decided to make sure she would be in safekeeping. Jesus said to her, Woman, here is your son. And he looked from her to his best loved one. To this, the disciple, he said, Son, there is your mother. He watched as the two of them cried and hugged one another. Jesus cried out in a loud voice at the hour of three, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Jesus looked around and said, I am thirsty. The Roman soldiers considered this a request for some mercy. So into some wine vinegar, they gave a sponge a couple of dips. Then on a staff, they lifted the sponge to Jesus' lips. After Jesus said loudly so all could hear it, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. With the last of his body's strength finally diminished, Jesus gave over his spirit, saying, It is finished. Now I'm going to do this thing with Ecclesiastes 3, 1-8. through 8. 
I went through the Bible and found verses that I felt fit really well. It begins, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That's Luke 2, 10 to 11. And a time to die. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he said this, he breathed his last. Luke 23, 46. A time to plant. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed, bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. Genesis 1, 11. And a time to uproot. Take your sickle and reap, because the time to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he was seated on the cloud, swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was harvested. Revelations 14, 15, and 16. There before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death. And Hades was falling close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. Revelation 6, 8. And a time to heal. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves on the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer would there be any curse. Revelations 22, 2 and 3. A time to tear down. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a large millstone and threw it into the sea, and said, With such violence the great city of Babylon will be thrown down. Revelations 18, 21. And a time to build. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Revelations 21, 1. A time to weep. All your luxury and splendor have vanished, never to be recovered. The merchants who sold these things and gained their wealth from her will stand far off terrified at her torment they will weep and mourn and cry out woe woe to you great city dressed in fine linen purple and scarlet and glittering with gold precious stones and pearls in one hour such great wealth has been brought to ruin revelations 18 14 through 17 and a time to laugh then i heard what sounded like a great multitude like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Revelations 19, 6-8. A time to mourn. Every sea captain and all who travel by ship, the sailors and all who earn their living from the sea, will stand far off. When they see the smoke of her burning, they will exhale. Was there ever a city like the great city? They will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe to you, great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In an hour she has been brought to ruin. Revolutions 18, 17 through 19. And a time to dance. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of the heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Revelations 21, 2-4. At a time to scatter stones, they call to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can withstand it? Revelation 6, 16 through 17. In a time to gather them, the wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold. As pure as glass, the foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, 
the third agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh crystal light, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. Revelations 21, 18-20. A time to embrace. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do your doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones. As you see, I have. Luke 24, 38-39. And a time to refrain from embracing. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. John 20:17. A time to search. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Luke 15, 4-6. And a time to give up. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Luke 24, 2-6. A time to keep. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures, saying, Two pounds of wheat for a day's wage, and six pounds of barley for a day's wage, and do not damage the oil and the wine. Revelation 6, 5-6. through And a time to throw away. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Matthew 4, 18-20 A time to tear. Then there came flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake. No earthquake like it has ever occurred since mankind has been on the earth. So tremendous was the quake. The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations collapsed. Revelation 16, 18-19 And a time to mend. Bring the breast robe and put it on him. Put our ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Luke 15, 22-24 A time to be silent. So again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things there are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Mark 15, 4-5. In a time to speak, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 34. A time to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Mark 12, 30-31. In a time to hate, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Proverbs 6, 16-19. A time for war. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. 
On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Revelations 19, 11-16, and a time for peace. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the God gives it light, and the Lamb is the lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of earth will bring their splendor into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it. No, with anyone who does what is shameful and deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Revelations 21, 22 to 27. Now, those are just verses that I went and got and figured they fit well. I encourage you to actually do it yourself and see if you can find other verses that you feel fit better. Uh, I also did this with the Beatitudes, Matthews 5, 3 to 13. And it goes like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. There was many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Mark 2, 15-17 Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town's gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear they were carrying him on, and the bear stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Luke seven eleven through 15 Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have done unto you. Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Luke 6, 27-31, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus said to them, Very truly, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day, for my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. John six fifty-three to 58 Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. There was a rich man who dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. The time came when the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. But Abraham replied, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received your good things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. Luke 16, 19-25.
blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Matthew 18, 2-6. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 16-20. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteous sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You must be on your guard. You will be handed over to local consuls and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witnesses to them, and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the moment, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Mark 13, 9-13. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Therefore I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. And so upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of the Zechariah son of Bacharach, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all this will come on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under the, her wings, and you are not willing. Look, your house has left you desolate, for I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 23, 34-39 Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So I hope you like that. Now what else I did, I created something I call the tempting. It's the part where Jesus and the devil have their confrontation. I always felt that part was just too small, and it would have been a more of an intellectual battle between the two of them. So I created my own. It was like this. Even though he could not yet see him, Jesus knew the tempter had finally come. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. A voice said from the darkness. Jesus answered, A voice of one calling in the wilderness prepares the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So it's true, John the Baptist is the voice, Satan said, as he stepped from out of the darkness in Jesus' view. Well, if you truly are Emmanuel, you have no claim here. Adam made his decision to eat the fruit from the tree of the knowledge with his own free will. Jesus answered, Scoundrels use wicked methods. They make up evil schemes to destroy the poor with lies, even when the plea of the needy is just. But the noble make noble plans, and by noble deeds they stand. What I did, I did for their own good, Satan replied with a laugh. Jesus answered, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. I did not come here to argue, Satan replied. I have come because I am concerned. I know you have not eaten in 40 days or 40 nights. So if you are the son of God, tell those stones to become bread. Jesus answered, 
It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Come with me, Satan said, gesturing for Jesus to follow him. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. Do you realize the sacrifices you are being asked to make for these people? Satan asked Jesus as he pointed down at the crowds below. Jesus answered, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering, a familiar with pain. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We are like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the inequity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied by his knowledge. My righteous servant will justify many, and he will hear their inequities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercessions for the transgressors. I do not believe that will happen. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Tell me, do you believe Daniel when he stated that, in a vision he saw before him one that was like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancients of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His domain that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Satan said with a laugh, Is that what you believe your sacrifice will gain? Jesus answered, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And I say, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered, Satan replied. Jesus answered, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. You have been lied to, Emmanuel, for I am the ruler of this world. And all this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God 
and serve him only. He has already declared of me, here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout out or cry out, or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will not falter or be discouraged, till he establishes justice on earth. So again I say to you, away from me, for you, Satan, have been a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in you. When you lie, you speak your native language. You are a liar and the father of lies. Then the devil left him, and angels came to attend him. So for this, I went through the Bible, and I found different prophets and combined their prophecies to have a battle of wits between the devil and Jesus about the coming of Jesus. So I hope you enjoyed it, and um, please tune in next week to find out what's happening.